0: Hi guys! Today we're going to be talking about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your home, your phone, or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be played on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. And... You can also le- earn money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm now. Have a good day, guys. hello and welcome back to murder mystery and sex with serenity we're going to be talking about who murdered colorado college student denise davenport denise davenport was born in greeley colorado in august of 1964. her birth parents hal and carrie davenport she has one sister named debbie and You know, due to her father, Hal, remarrying, she also has a stepmother named Anita Davenport. So, Denise, let's talk a little bit about Denise and her background. Well, she was born and raised in Greeley, Colorado, her whole life, and she decided to go to the University of Northern Colorado, and... You know, she was thriving. She was a junior. She's just doing super awesome. She was really pretty. She was just a gorgeous woman all together. She had sandy blonde hair and she was tall, petite, but with curves. And um, she also was in a sorority at UNC. So she was well-liked between everybody. Denise had a boyfriend who, his name is Doug, and he was 25. And, you know, whenever asked, he would describe her as really friendly and outgoing and easily approachable. And that might have been her downfall in all of this. And she had Her closest friend, James Meichner, who they would go take a walk to the library all the time. And she worked at the mall in Greeley, but the last time anybody was seeing her was when she borrowed her boyfriend Doug's car And that was on February 24th, 1985. Denise was still 20 years old. So she had a lot to live, you know. She was just... Nobody expected of what happened. So Denise had um, a ceremony she had to go to the next morning on the 25th. And... She never showed. The ceremony was to, you know, make her the... It was to induct her as an officer for the sheriff, you know. And she never showed. Nobody really thought of anything until she failed to attend all of her classes that morning that she had the ceremony. Which... Then it became real apparent that something's wrong, you know, because Denise, it was said that Denise never missed classes. She was a grade A student. Her friends did not expect that of her and neither did her professors. And on the 25th of February, the authorities, investigators and everybody, they found Doug's car. Remember, Doug is her boyfriend on campus right near the Fraser Hall but the odd thing to Doug and police were the doors were unlocked the radio was on and the driver's seat had been pushed all the way back and you know whenever a man is driving they tend to push their seat back and relax and drive with ease you know what I mean So, that was real odd to Doug, because Doug said that Denise would never leave the door unlocked, the radio on, and would never sit that far back from the steering wheel. Because we all understand and know that women, you know, tend to sit up on the dashboard. I'm one of them, because I'm short. (laughs) So, what struck police odd was... When they found dirt on the driver's seat and the undercarriage of the car. But because Greeley is so rich with soil, they couldn't really make anything of it. And then weeks go by, you know, nothing from Denise, nothing from anybody else until one time a lady came forward and said hey you know i saw this car at an intersection it had its hazards lights and i saw a young woman walking with two men towards a pawn shop so you know the investigators they wanted to follow up on it they were taking leads but in turn it eventually led to another dead end So all in all, it was just really crazy that Denise was just really missing. And a week went by, Denise's father, Hal, and his wife, Anita, came to Greeley, and Denise's mother and her sister met with, you know, the father and his wife, and they set up a search for volunteers to do a search party. Hey, you know, let's all go look for Denise because this is weird. And volunteers, they came from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way from Wyoming to help in Greeley, Colorado. You know, there was 7,000 posters and 5,000 handbills Just to find Denise, but nobody, nobody could find her. You know what I mean? And then on Saturday, April 20th, 1985, two men kayaking on the South Platte River found a naked body of a young woman, which come on now, let's automatically assume it's Denise Davenport. And that's what the Weld County Coroner Paul came up with as well. Because, you know, dental records. The the body was just severely decomposed and everything. And he wasn't able to determine the cause of death. And it was just really stressful on everybody. But he stated months later that it was not a natural death because she didn't die from a stabbing, gunshot wound, or drug overdose. So Paul did write homicidal violence of an undetermined death on her death certificate. So, you know, months go by and... Everybody's just, you know, curious as to how this could have happened to this sweet small town girl who was liked by any and everyone. And detectives, they had literally the hardest time because they had so little physical evidence to stand on that it had to go cold. You know, and it was just super stressful until February 18th or 19th. Another body was found in Sherry Creek. Um, you know, she was just, she was shot to death, you know, and Weight, her body was weighted down with concrete into the river, you know? So obviously they had a case that was related to Denise Davenport and the other body that was found was Vicki Carpenter. She was 25. Remember, Denise was 20. So obviously it was a type for somebody to go around killing only because of the way that the case is related. And Vicky resembled care, or Denise in just the slightest way. But it was so similar in the way she spoke and the whole nine, right? So they vanished the same time. And they were both found in the water. But in each case, their death was, you know, never determined on, like, what actually happened because of the decomposition. You know, like, it's just, it's just getting real stressful for all these investigators until way later you know, April 26th, that's when more and more witnesses came forward, right? Because the sheriff, Harold Andrews, he held a press conference and he announced new leads in the investigation, which threw everybody off because nobody really knew what was going on. Like, why did it take so long for the sheriff to tell everybody like, Hey, we got new leads, you know, especially the families. So the detectives, they concluded that, you know, somebody threw Denise's body in the South Platte river, the night she disappeared. And then all of a sudden these witnesses recall someone seeing someone driving four wheel drive vehicles in the two bridge area on the night of February 24th. And I guess the person that was driving the four wheel became stuck and, or hitchhiked out of the area. So it was just, you know, super confusing still. And then Andrews, the sheriff, He definitely refused to answer any questions. So everybody was just, A, in denial. It still hurt. It was still, you know, vividly clear that Denise is never coming home. So her family was hurt the most. And Andrews was not making it any better whatsoever. So... Here's the catch, though. You remember the dirt that they'd found under the undercarriage and in the car? It was the same dirt that was found at the river where Denise was in. Okay? So, you know, connect the dots. Connect the dots. The suspect... Let me just jump forward because, you know, we're going to go back in time. But the suspect was Jim Black. And then they changed it to Larry Eugene, right? Bloom. And he's 41 years old. How did Bloom come into the operation? Let me tell you. So, the night that Denise had her boyfriend's car, she was planning on going to get a car wash, right? And Bloom owned a store right next to the car wash. Crazy, right? Right. So, you know, Bloom, he has a criminal record. He basically is just all in all not crap right let me go ahead and tell y'all they already arrested this man for a string of burglaries and then all of a sudden they made that connection with his shop and Denise Hmm. Mm -hmm hmm so they you know investigated him and they tried to Point him in the direction of telling the truth. You know what I mean? Because they got three other homicides Denise, Alan, and his wife, and their daughter. You know, those three are dead, and they all lived in Greeley. And For some reason, they all seem to die the same way, which Andrews thought that, you know, it had to have to do with drugs. Because obviously, Larry was connected with drugs. And so when they arrested Larry, aka Bloom, they're like, okay, so we're starting to see a connection. But we're not gonna, you know... We're not sure. We're not just gonna jump into conclusions or anything. So, Andrew's definitely called everything premature. And, you know... It would be definitely speculating to call Bloom the prime suspect. Which it would be. Because, you know... You're trying to connect this dude... Who, granted, already has a track record. But other than the coincidence, he owns a shop right next to the car wash that was last seen that Denise was last seen at. There's no hard evidence. So in 2009, you know, it's already been years. Um, Jerome Santiago approached the Greeley news with a story he said his mother's former boyfriend max where did max come in we don't know yet might have killed denise but the newspaper did not and i mean definitely did not print max's name because the police never named him as a suspect and jerome he was nine years old in 85 and living in a broken home south of LaSalle. So his story was kind of bot, but kind of not, you know, because his mother, she drank heavily. She was an alcoholic and brought different men home on various occasions. So he was kind of not like believed, you know what I mean? But the news did turn over the information to the new detective for the county sheriff's office, Vicky Harbert. But, you know, they never really had anything to go off of because, you know, come on now. Max was never named as a person of interest. And they didn't even know where this dude was because his mom couldn't... Jerome's mom couldn't give like a st- a st- t- she couldn't give a real answer on what was going on with her and max you know what I mean so we're jumping ahead in November two thousand eleven. A man was accused of offering meth in exchange for sex, right? So, the sheriff, Sullivan, was, you know, he, that was the man, and he was retired, so, you know, it wasn't like... Anything happened to our knowledge, at least, because hell, it's 84 all the way to 2011. Come on now. And so the connection with Sullivan and Denise was surprise, surprise. Denise was Sullivan's babysitter. Hmm, that's weird and he was just super picky but he definitely wanted Denise, right? Which was all fine and dandy until they were finding Denise. He'd open the doors with the police and the district attorneys He was able to funnel some information to Denise's family. But there was nothing really brought from Sullivan at all. And Denise's parents never thought that Sullivan killed their daughter. But... It was still speculated. Until Sullivan was associated with another murder victim, Sean Moss, who was 27 years old. And he when. okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. But Sullivan was definitely. Retired as sheriff in 2002, right? Remember that? Okay. Then, get this. He was security chief at Sherry Creek School District. Where was O-Girl killed? Anybody? No? Okay. And I'm talking about Vicky, not Denise. But Vicky was killed and Sherry Creek, right? Right. So that's sus in itself. It really was. And then... Solvin, who was, you know, accused of quote-unquote offering meth in exchange for sex. It came out to be true because in 2007, he hired Sean who was a former gay porn star. And, you know, they did what they did. And then, in January, Sean's body came up in the South Platte River near Denver. Whose other body came up in South Platte River? Let me think. Hmm, it definitely was Denise Davenport. So, you know, and surprise, surprise, Sullivan literally bailed Sean out of jail 12 days before his murder. On top of that, toxology reports were, hey, red flag, he was found with a date rape drug and meth in his system. Who had that? Hmm... Exactly. Sus. Super sus and super sus. But Denise's body, when she was found in the same river, there was zero drugs found because of how bad her body was, you know, just gone. So it it's just, you know, it's just making not a lot of sense. And then it makes less and less sense when authorities find out that, hey, Sullivan visited the same county to, you know, request information about Denise's body and her death. So, you know, it's all looking sus. It really is. But nobody knows because the police never thought, hey, Sullivan is the one who killed Denise. But surprise, surprise, Sullivan did get arrested. For 15 months, he sat in jail. And he was just, you know... He was just talking and talking and talking. Granted, his release date is... Now, his release date is... Well, was... The 18th of January, 2021. Which, hey, we hope you didn't do it, Sullivan. But it sounds like you did, buddy. So, he's out. But, you know... The case has been open and closed, or not closed, but cold, and open and cold for so long that it just, it's cold. It's ice cold now, and 2020, it was the 35th anniversary of Denise's murder, and there's new detectives on it, and they're reopening the case, so... Let's see what they can all provide. Because Denise, Vicky, and Sean were both around. They were all around Sullivan. But nobody can prove anything because of lack of DNA, lack of hard evidence. It's just all sus, you know? Anyway... Thank you so much for tuning in, and I bid you adieu.